Welcome to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Spend this hour with us learning how you can protect the people you love from the financial, physical, and emotional consequences of an extended health care situation. Because of new state and federal laws, there are new and exciting long-term care planning options available. As a certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott will help you make sense of your options. Now, here's your host of Long-Term Care Radio, Brian Ott. Well, Happy New Year and welcome to Long-Term Care Radio. You know, I got to tell you, in all the years that I've done Long-Term Care Radio now, which is, uh, I think we're going on our sixth or seventh year, I've never had the privilege of putting a show together for the first day of a new year. So that's kind of exciting. And I will tell you, um, you know, welcome to 2022. I... I'm glad to get 2021 behind us, I will tell you that. And I was really hoping that we could roll into 2022 without talking about COVID, but here we are. We are up to our eyes in it again with these new variants that are coming out. And, you know, it just it it, it, it just goes to show things change, they happen quickly, and we've got to be prepared for it. So um, I'm going to spend a little bit of time this week on long-term care radio, just talking a little bit about some of the things that we saw change last year in 2021 and some of the things we need to be aware of moving forward into 2022. If you're new to long-term care radio, this is just a program. We come out every week and we talk about things you know that are important to us that we need to understand about long-term care because the, you know, the numbers are pretty, um, pretty harsh. Three out of four of us are going to end up in a long-term care situation during our retirement years. You know, seven out of 10, you, you see all the statistics out there. So it's really the biggest risk we face in retirement. And I think of anything this last couple of years, we have shown that spotlight on the problem with long-term care and the fact that the country is not prepared You know, COVID is entering um, another year, and last year was really the second year that we were dealing with COVID. And COVID really had quite quite an effect on the insurance industry as a whole, both health insurance, long-term care, and even life insurance. Um, For the long-term care side, several of the companies changed their guidelines back in 2020, limiting who they would underwrite. Basically, it, some companies just said nobody over 65. Some companies went on hold for uh, you know a couple months altogether. They wouldn't accept any applications. Um, some other companies came out and they limited their payment options. So like on the asset-based plans, you can do lump sum or you can do payments over time. They said no payments over time for anybody over age 65. Um, and then there were some new guidelines put in place and some more background checks if you were exposed to COVID. And, um, you know... This carried over into 2021, but by the middle of 2021, by the middle of last year, most of the carriers had lightened up and we had gotten back to what we considered normal underwriting. The problem we had, of course, was there were delays, um, you know, just trying to get medical records and things like that. Um, 2021, we also saw several insurance companies pull out of the long-term care business, decided not to continue offering long-term care plans. And a couple of really big companies, Uh, one which was really surprising to me was Mass Mutual. Um, That's the company that uh, my mom has a policy. I had an old traditional policy with Mass Mutual when I was in my 40s. Uh, Great company, A-rated mutual company. They decided they are no longer going to offer traditional long-term care insurance plans. They're only going to focus on their asset base. Then we had another big carrier, a big stock company, uh, Transamerica. They pulled out last year as well too so they are no longer offering long-term care insurance and transamerica was kind of unique that they would underwrite people um, as young as 18 where a lot of companies will go to 40 or 30 is kind of where they'll start so transamerica left the market completely they are no longer offering their traditional long-term care insurance plans either now when i talk about traditional long-term care insurance that's what most people have if you took a policy out you know in the 80s the 90s the 2000s these are just the pay-as-you-go plans you bought that bucket of money. You said, I want you know $5,000 a month to last me three years, and you pay the premium into that company. Well, those companies at one point, we had over 125 of those companies. It started back maybe in the 1970s, and we peaked around 2,000, maybe give or take 125 companies. Today, with the companies exiting, we're down to less than 10. We actually got less than eight in some states that we can actually use. And so we're seeing that market really continue to shrink on what we call that traditional side. Now, I want to point out that just because a company exits the market means they quit selling long-term care insurance, that doesn't have an effect on the policies that they've already issued. Those policies are still good. Remember, they're a contract. That's what insurance is. 
So that company has a choice. They will either continue to service those policies, meaning they'll continue to collect the premiums and they'll continue to handle the claims, or they will transfer that book of business, those policies to another carrier. So that is very common as well, too. We saw United of Omaha get out of the business years ago. They transferred all their business to Mutual of Omaha because Mutual of Omaha has the resources. They have the people. They have the infrastructure to handle the claims processing of the payments, all those things. And so the companies have to do one of two things, either continue to service the policies or transfer those policies to somebody else. But from from your point of view, if you have one of those policies with company XYZ and they decide they're not going to sell insurance anymore, your policy is still good. They still have to honor that. Um, another thing we saw in 2021 that continued was increase on the rate. So meaning the existing policies, people that took out these traditional policies, the traditional policies do not have guaranteed rates. The asset-based plans that we pay into over time do have guaranteed level rates, but the traditional plans are not. They can, they're like health insurance. They can raise the rates on you if they do a group. And so one of uh, Mass Mutual was another company. They were one of the standouts that was uh, holding out there, Northwestern and Mass Mutual both, that were not raising rates on their existing clients. And then Northwestern did several years ago. And then Mass Mutual just pushed through another big rate increase this year. Genworth, which is the largest servicer of long-term care insurance, if you know anybody that has long-term care insurance, there's a 50-50 chance it's with Genworth because they service so many of these contracts out there that were underwritten by other companies. But Genworth has continued to raise rates on their existing um, clients. And you're going to see, you know, a couple of the other companies that are still selling policies today, Mutual of Omaha, National Guardian Life, they raised rates on new policies. So that means the policies we sell today are going to be a little bit more expensive than they were last year. And so that is something that we're starting to see some companies do. Even some of the asset-based companies had to raise their rates. It's kind of like the, the new model of the car is going to cost a little bit more than the old model of the car now, that doesn't mean it's still a good value. It's just that that's inflation. We start seeing things, costs go up. So let's unpack this for a second. I, I, you know, probably one of the biggest sticking points out there for long-term care insurance when people buy a policy is that they are worried about the rates going up. And again, asset-based plans, the plans that pay you back, those have guaranteed level payments. But the traditional pay-as-you-go plans, they can raise the rates. And why are those companies continuing to raise the rates? In fact, we had four companies four years ago. There were four companies that had never raised rates on their existing clients. <clears throat> Folks, that's, that's gone. These companies are raising rates right now. I think there's one company. I think there's a fraternal company out there that has not raised their rates, but they're not widely known in the market. So pretty much all the other big insurance carriers have had to raise rates. And there's a couple factors that are at play here. Um, number one, people are living longer. This pushes up the likelihood of a claim. As we live longer, we're more likely to spend years, more time in need of care. I mean, we need help from others. So the payouts are starting to go up on those, those policies. Remember when they write an insurance policy, actuarially, a third of the people die within the first year, and then it just scales up from there. And the <clears throat> reason why we get it is because we don't know if we're going to be that person that dies within the first year, or we're going to be that person that's on claim for 14 years. And so that's what insurance does. Same with your house. You know, your house catches on fire. You don't know if it's going to be a kitchen fire or the whole thing's going to burn down. Well, the insurance companies are looking at this and they're saying, okay, people are living longer. So we're starting to see higher payouts because people are living longer and they're on claim for a longer period of time. Now, also those payouts are higher because if you're hiring that home health care, let's say you have $5,000 a month. Well, like my grandma, when she started on her policy, she was just using it a couple days a week. So she wasn't using her entire monthly benefit. Well, what's happening is inflation kicks in and the cost of care goes up. People are using more of their benefit early on in their policy year, so they're getting more money out of those policies. So again, causes the companies to pay more out. And the payouts themselves, the average claim has gone from around three years in 2000 to over four years today. This is from the insurance point of view, meaning how long does that insurance company pay out once somebody triggers a claim on their long-term care plan? And that's been bumped up to about four years now. <clears throat> Excuse me. But by far the biggest factor out there, and I'm going to tell you right now, the biggest factor out there is not the fact that people are living longer. It's not the fact that people are using more of their policies. That's not what's driving the insurance companies having to push the rates up. What it's doing is it's, it, it, it's, it's one of the key factors, but the biggest factors by far out there is the current interest rate environment. And I'm going to spend a little bit of time on that. We're going to take our first break real quick. But when we come back, 
I want to explain to you how insurance works, why interest rates have a factor on long-term care, and what we need to know moving forward if you're thinking about putting a plan in place. So stick around. We'll be right back. Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, providing valuable insight to protect you in the event of an extended health care situation. Learn more by attending one of Brian's free live webinar classes this month. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. 525longtermcare.com. Certified long-term care planning specialist and long-term care radio host, Brian Ott of 525 Advisors, is now Colorado's long-term care coverage expert. Having a long-term care plan brings certainty to a very uncertain situation. It also allows you to stay in control of your care options. And maybe most importantly, it brings peace of mind to your family during an extremely stressful situation. A smart and informative way to get educated about long-term care and have your questions answered is to join Brian Ott for one of his upcoming live webinars. Brian explains how long-term care works, what the coverage pays for, all the new options, and different ways to fund a plan. They even have plans with lifetime benefits that pay you back if you never use it. Go read the reviews. People love working with 525 Advisors. So sign up now for one of Brian's next live webinars. They're free to attend. Go to 525longtermcare.com. You can also download and subscribe to the Long-Term Care Radio Podcasts at 525longtermcare.com. The fact is most of us have known somebody who needed long-term care. That's when a person reaches a stage in life requiring somebody else to help with basic daily activities due to physical conditions or a cognitive disease. Now, most of the time, long-term care starts in the home, which allows the individual to stay in a familiar setting. The price for long-term care can be expensive, and it could go on for years. Financial experts suggest purchasing long-term care insurance before you retire. Why? Because 7 out of 10 65-year-olds will need some sort of long-term care in the future. If you've never looked at long-term care insurance because you didn't know where to start, now you know where to start with 525 Advisors. 525 Advisors, local experts specializing in long-term care insurance, and they have plans that are guaranteed to pay you back if you never make use of them. Protect yourself and your family members from the financial cost of extended health care. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Sign up for the next free long-term care live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Are you confused about the best way to protect your family and savings? Get answers now by listening to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. And welcome back. And again, Happy New Year. The first day of 2022 is when this show is going to be broadcast on Saturday. So, um, and again, if you're on the podcast, listen to another time. It's, this is the, the New Year's Day show. I always wonder, too, how many people are going to, you know, we, we have all these ideas how we're going to start the new year. We're going to eat better. We're going to exercise more. Um, you know, gym memberships go through the roof. And then it's, you know, talk about paying for something you don't use. It's the gym memberships. They got that figured out because by March, everybody's back to their same old ways. So I tend not to make a bunch of uh, 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 promises to myself that I can't keep. Um, but I know people do. So anyway, good luck if you've you've got a list of of uh, changes that you're going to make for 2022. So we were talking a little bit before the the break there. And um, by the way, during you, you probably heard some of the the classes. Uh, We do have classes coming up. They are on the calendar. So Saturday, the 15th and Wednesday, or I'm sorry, Thursday, the 20th will be our classes for January. And I'll talk a little bit more about those times later in the show. But we were talking a little bit about what was going on with, um, you know, the changes in 2021. And one of the biggest factors out there that we're seeing out there is the continued increase in costs for long-term care insurance plans. And I was telling you that, yes, um, if we're living longer, we're using more of our policies. I understand that that's pushing some costs up, but at the same sense, the insurance companies, remember you're buying that bucket of money. So you're saying, I want $500,000 of insurance and I want to be able to pull it out at $10,000 a month. You design that plan. So the company has a finite amount of risk unless you have a lifetime benefit like I do, then it's unlimited. But regardless, you design that. So the company had some idea what their maximum risk is. So they could price accordingly. But when they priced that policy, they were pricing it based on what the current market conditions were telling them. And most importantly, what the current interest rates were. So an insurance company is a cash reserve company. I don't care if you have life insurance, homeowner's insurance, car insurance, long-term care insurance. 
when you write that check, the insurance company has to keep cash reserves, you know, ready to go to pay the claims because the liability that they have is a claim and they don't know when that's going to come. They don't know if the tornado is going to hit tomorrow or the hurricane is going to hit next week, but they know that they're going to have to have money ready to pay for, to rebuild the homes or pay the death benefit when somebody dies. And so cash reserves are only really the government only allows these insurance companies to really use really uh, some A plus corporate bonds and mostly government bonds as their cash reserves. So that's the only way they can get interest on their money. They can't use stocks or real estate or something else as a reserve. So every time you write them a check, the insurance companies are going out there and they're buying treasuries. Well, for long-term care insurance, that's one of the insurance companies that has the longest time span between the inception or, or the time you take out the policy and the claims. So what the insurance companies usually do in those situations is they go out and they look for the longest term bond that they can get, like a 30-year treasury that's paying the highest rate, and they buy 30-year treasuries. And they sit there and they do this month after month after month. Well, what happens? What happens to that interest rate? When you buy a 30-year treasury, you're guaranteed that interest rate for those next 30 years. But what's happened to those 30-year treasury rates over the last 20 years? At the beginning of 2000, those rates in January of 2000 were right around 6.6%. That means you could get 6.6%, which seems like all the money in the world right now, right? I mean, you're, you're saying, well, if I can get 5 to 10% on the stock market consistently, I'm good. If you can get 6.6% guaranteed on a treasury, that, that, that seemed really good back then. By 2010, that rate had dropped to 4.65%. Now, so from an insurance point of view, that's a 30% drop already in their return on future money now that they got to put into bonds. By 2021, we started the year at 1.7%, folks. And that rate, it's, it's about where we're at right now, right around the 1.8% is where we finished up 2021. So now you can see of these policies that were issued 20 years ago were written with the assumption that as those premiums came in, they would be able to get an expected return as they bought bonds moving forward. Well, the rates have just continued to go down and down and down and down. So the insurance company is not getting the return on their cash reserves, and therefore what? They still have this promise. They still have a contract. They still have a guarantee that they've got to give you the $5,000 a month when you go on claim. They have to have that money, so they've had to go out there and start raising rates to make up for the difference in that low interest rate environment. So as the federal government continues to buy bonds and drive those rates down, they're trying to stimulate the economy, but what's it doing? It is just a nightmare for savers, and insurance companies are savers. They are cash reserve companies. So moving forward, the biggest issue we're facing in the insurance company really is the low interest rate environment. A sudden move right now, either way, like a big spike up would be bad as well too for the insurance company because remember what happens to your bonds. If you've got a bond that's paying you 1.7% and now the rates are 3.5%, well, guess what? Your bond's not worth as much money because nobody's going to give you the, the $10,000 that you put into that bond to get 1.7% when they could take that $10,000 and go get 3.5%. So you end up getting less than your $10,000. And that's how people lose money in bonds, and the insurance companies are no different. If they have to sell some of those bonds to pay claims, they could lose money. So we're kind of in a sticky place right now with interest rates. And I'll tell you, I think people think the insurance companies are just raising rates because they, they can or they want to. It's like, no. They're cash reserve companies, and it happens whether it's property and casualty. I mean, if you look at your homeowner's insurance, I did pulled mine out uh, last year, and I was looking at it over the last 10 years. You know, I averaged about a 6% increase in premiums on my homeowner's insurance. Part of that was the low interest rate environment, but part of it also is the value of your home is going up in, as well, too, with inflation. And so there, it's going to cost that insurance company more to rebuild your house. So those things all work together. Now, um, Another thing that happened in 2021, I will tell you, one of the biggest things, the shot across the bow to this entire country is the Washington CARES Act. Um, this was a, a, a law that was passed, a state-mandated payroll tax that's going to be on all wages that will go to fund a trust account. The idea is to collect revenue today to help the state pay for long-term care services in the future. Now, it's the first of the kind in the country, but it won't be its last. There's 12 other states right now looking at similar bills right now. Colorado is one of them. Colorado is on the hot plate. They're on the short list for trying to enact something like this. It's not insurance, and it doesn't mimic private long-term care insurance. Rather, it's based off existing Medicaid reimbursement amounts. 
So it will reimburse out here in Washington State, it'll reimburse up to $100 a day for services based on current Medicaid reimbursement rates, not the actual cost for the service. Now, if you have anybody or know a family member that's gone through the Medicaid system, you know what I'm talking about. If your home health care worker is charging $35 an hour, but the Medicaid reimbursement is 17 that's what Medicaid is going to pay. So there's a lot of flaws with this. Now, there's one thing you can pay a family member through this new State Guaranteed Trust Act, meaning you can pay a family member to provide care for you, but only after they take training. So they have to take training classes for between 22 to 30 hours before the state's going to let them be the care provider for you and let you pay them. Also, the... The CARE Act is not portable. That means if you move out of the state, you're going to lose it. To qualify, you got to pay into it for 10 years. It's not something that you just get. You have to actually pay into the account for over 10 years or 10 years, and you have to pay in for five years without interruption. So, you, can, you know, if it's three years on, two years off, three years on, two years, you'll never get vested. And there's no limits on the income they, they're going to tax. We, we could spend the entire show talking about the flaws with the Washington CARES Act, but we're not going to do that. And, in fact, it, it is so flawed that the state actually, Washington state actually put that program on hold right now because they've got to go back in and change some rules. And there's a lot of rules that they have to change and they have to come up with trying to figure out how to make this program work because believe it or not, they spent five years working on this. And then when they brought it out, it was just, uh, <clears throat> you could just, it was like a piece of Swiss cheese. There were so many holes in it. So now they've got to go back and they've got to address some of the issues like, making residents prove that they actually have the insurance right now you can opt out you can just go to the state website and opt out and say you have insurance but they don't ask for any proof so they got to figure out how to fix that glitch and also how to prove that you have insurance moving forward because now you can opt out even if you do have insurance you can just opt out and then you can go cancel your insurance and you're out of the tax well that doesn't solve the long-term care problem the people still don't have any coverage and now they're not in the state program so the state's going back and they're circling the wagons and they're going to try to figure out some of this. And I think they're also going to try to allow some additional time to allow people to go out there and buy a private plan. And this is what everybody needs to know. If you're not a resident in Washington state, you have to think about what happened. They came out and said, you either have private long-term care insurance or we're going to tax you and you're going to be taxed on all the income that you make. Now, to get benefits from the state, you have to be vested. So you have to pay into that tax for 10 years. They did all the rules, but it's either or. The only way out of that was if you were self-employed or if you had private long-term care insurance. So they gave this short window for people to go out and get insurance. Well, guess what happened? The insurance company started reading the bill and they realized they got inundated. I mean, literally inundated with applications for the minimal amount of coverage, monthly payments, because what people were trying to do is get a plan in place so they could opt out of the state program, and then they would just cancel their plan. Well, the problem is if the insurance company is getting $50 a month of premium for three months, and then that person cancels, the insurance company just walked away and lost like seven, $800 because it runs about eight to $900 to underwrite a policy because you got to get the medical records. You got to go through all the protocols to make that contract legally binding. So the insurance company saw the writing on the wall and they pointed that out to the state and they said no. So they just started leaving. They started exiting the state. And so by the time we were in July and August, we had literally all of the insurance carriers had exited. You couldn't, as a Washington state resident, you couldn't even apply for a policy unless you could get a group policy through work. So this caused a tremendous amount of problems. And you got to remember that that for 2021, the reason why that is such a big deal is because that is the first state in the union that's done that. We got 12 other states doing this. And think of what's going to happen moving forward when California does it. Washington state has 7 million people. California has 40 million people. It's really going to put a lot of pressure on the system just like it did last time. So any of you that were looking for long-term care insurance last year, I don't care where you were, you saw a delay in underwriting times and a delay of getting medical records. Some of that was due to COVID, but some of it was also due to the influx of applications from one state that had passed that law, forcing people to either get private long-term care insurance or pay tax for the rest of their working careers. So um, let's head into our next break. And when we come back, I want to introduce you to Daniel and Meredith. And I want to show you how we set up a savings-based long-term care plan, why we went this route, and I'll explain how the program works. We'll be right back. Avoid the mistake of paying unnecessary taxes, guarantee the quality of your care, and preserve your legacy and wealth by setting up your own tax-free long-term care plan. Learn more by attending Brian's free live webinar class. 
Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. This is Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Listen and learn information from a certified long-term care planning specialist. You can email your questions to radio at 525advisors.com. And welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio. And thanks again for tuning in. First day of the year if you're listening live on the radio. And, um, of course, we always have our podcast. So if you miss it, you can always go to 525longtermcare.com. And just click on the radio tab and you can get our podcast there and uh, listen to it uh, whenever you want. And also you heard the ads. We do have a couple of um, programs um, or classes coming up in January. And we're going to be doing it on the 20th of um, January, which is a Thursday, and the 15th, which is a Saturday. So the Saturday, the 15th, is going to be a a 10 a.m. Rocky Mountain time, 9 a.m. Pacific time kickoff. And then the Thursday class will be a 4 p.m. kickoff Rocky Mountain time and a 3 p.m. Pacific time. So look for those classes again. It's our long-term care planning class. They are live webinars, by the way. So when you sign up for that, you'll just get a link. There's no software to download. There's no executables. You just click on the link. You can watch it in your browser. You can watch it on your phone, your laptop, your smart TV. It doesn't matter. And if you have access to a keyboard, you can type in questions to us, and we'll get those questions and answer them. So we will be glad to... Um, go through all that with you as well, too. So let's talk a little bit about um, our client of the week this week. This is where we bring in an example of how we put a program together. And this week, I want to introduce you to Daniel, who is 65, and Meredith, who is 60. Daniel's recently a retired airline pilot, and Meredith is still um, an, an active real estate agent. They have two adult children, and they have two young grandchildren So, um, who, who all live locally. So they're, they're fortunate they get to spend time with them right now. Their concerns, part of the reasons they came to see us is Daniel's on the conservative side, which, you know, that's kind of how you want your airline pilots to live their life, right? You want to be somewhat conservative on top of things. So Daniel was kind of more of a conservative guy. He was worried about the cost of care. You know, he's doing the math, looking at the numbers and saying, gosh, care can get real expensive really fast. Um, but he was also concerned about the cost of insurance. He had looked into long-term care insurance in the past and wasn't real sure that it made a lot of sense to him. You know, just he wasn't, he could just kind of wrap his mind around paying the premiums and how long he'd have to pay for the premiums. And he was worried about that. But then Daniel also had a good friend who had retired as an airline pilot several years ago and then had a stroke at age 69. And this really surprised him. This really put um, Daniel, he, just, he started looking at life through a new lens because he said, you know, gosh, you know, as pilots, we're, we're tested all these, these we got to do all these physicals on a regular basis. We're supposed to be healthy. And he goes, you know, a friend of mine just had a pretty severe stroke at age 69. And he really saw what that did to the family immediately, how it changed everything and how expensive that got. Now, Meredith was also concerned. Um, you know, she, was, <clears throat> she had an aunt that was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. So she saw the effects on the family, and she said, you know, that hit pretty close to home of the way that works. And so the bottom line for both Daniel and Meredith is, you know, they're going into retirement, they're looking at their situation, and they're saying, we really don't want to be a burden on our family. We understand these costs are getting more and more expensive, but we also understand that there's a lot that goes on in a long-term care situation, and they really came to us trying to figure out how to put a plan in place to help mitigate those consequences. Here's kind of what we found out about them during our conversation. Both were in good shape. Um, So we had lots of options for them. We had good options as far as uh, different types of plans. We could even do a traditional plan if they wanted to, just a pay-as-you-go type of plan. Daniel had pension, and he was going to hold off on Social Security until age 70. He just figured that made the most sense for him. Meredith was still working part-time and would continue to do so. The real estate market is still pretty hot right now, and so she said she's still enjoying what she's doing, but she wasn't sure how long she was going to work. She was probably going to start peeling it back a little bit as the real estate, you know, starts slowing down a little bit, but she was currently working. They had a wide range of assets, including retirement accounts, savings, they had a deferred annuity, and they had two rental properties that they planned on using as income in their retirement years. So they wanted to hang on to those rental properties. They would also like to leave their rental properties to the family, to the kids. That was something that they, you know, were, were really hoping that they could, you know, they didn't want a health situation to make them or put them in a situation where they would have to sell those investment properties because those investment properties were good properties and they were generating income. So that was something they really wanted to hang on to. 
Um, they both liked the idea of having insurance in case something happened to them, but Daniel was kind of hung up on paying a bunch of money into something that he wouldn't use. So he was very attracted to the asset-based plans that he had heard about. That's what really brought him in to see us. They loved the idea of that money going back to the estate if they didn't need long-term care, but they also liked the idea of having that plan in place. They both agreed they'd like to age in their own home, um, but they were worried. You know, it was like what, what, what Daniel had pointed out is when his friend had that stroke, he says, gosh, you know, they, he had to go to a nursing home. He, it was a pretty severe stroke. And he said, so if something like that happens to one of us, we want to be able to fund that without having to sell assets or crimping the lifestyle of the survivor. So that was something that was, you know, just, you know, very prominent for Daniel right there. He said, look, I just, that's kind of why we want to have some extra money coming in so that if we do have to pay for a facility, we can without it, you know, cramping the lifestyle of what we've got going on here in our retirement years. So what did we recommend for him? Really, we, we looked at a joint asset-based plan because an asset-based plan is going to provide them with the coverage but also pay their estate back if they never use it. Remember, traditional plans, you're just paying the premium, but there's no money at the end of the, the – there's no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow unless you end up on claim. It's use it or lose it. Where asset-based plans, we can reposition some money – if you need long-term care, you're going to have the leverage, you're going to have the tax-free savings, but if you don't use it, the money comes back to the estate. So that's kind of what we wanted to, to look at for them. So here's how we funded it. Once again, we agreed on the asset-based plan, and because Meredith was self-employed, you know, it made sense to consider setting up a plan that had some payments over time. And the reason why is if you are self-employed, whether you're a sole proprietor, an S-corporation, a partnership, the IRS is going to allow you to deduct some premiums for long-term care insurance. And they do that based on your age, and then they adjust that figure every year. So right now, they could have deducted a little over 9000 About $9,040 of premiums could have been paid out of the business. Now, that made sense. But the problem was that, number one, Meredith didn't know how much longer she was going to work. So if we did a 5-pay or a 10-pay, that would just be a small portion that she could deduct. And so we had to keep that in mind. If you're younger, if you're like a 50-year-old and you have a business, we definitely want to do something to pay over time because you say, yeah, I'm going to set up a 10-pay or a 20-pay and I can deduct some of those premiums, get maximum deductions. A lot of times that makes sense. But we didn't go this route because, we, again, Meredith just wasn't sure how, how long she was going to work. She was, she was taxed as an S-corporation, so she was going to be limited to the write-offs based on the IRS schedule. So instead of funding an asset-based plan over time, we decided to fund it with a single lump sum because there was an even better tax advantage for Daniel and Meredith. And this is what we did. Remember I told you Daniel had a deferred annuity. So again, think of an annuity. Annuity, when I say annuity, it's like saying vehicle. There's lots of different annuities. A deferred annuity just means it's it's basically an account that's hopefully going up, right? I mean, you could have a variable annuity that goes down. But for most people, they either have a fixed annuity or an indexed annuity that is protected against loss. So they can go up, but they can't go down in value. So Daniel had taken, when he got a bonus from, from one of his airlines when he, we moved over years ago, he took this money as, again, conservative investor, put it into an indexed annuity, which an indexed annuity is going to give you a, a percentage of the market increase, but it's going to protect you from loss on the downside. So he set it and you forget it. The nice thing about deferred annuities is that that growth that happens in those accounts is tax deferred. So even on a fixed annuity, if you're getting 3% a year, you're compounding that money by 3%, but you don't have to pay tax on the interest every year. Versus a CD or a savings account, you're going to get a 1099-I every year that you have to claim that interest and pay tax on it. So that is the beauty about annuities. In a sense, that a deferred annuity is just... It's a retirement account. You know, it works like with a 401k. You put money in and you don't have to pay tax on it until you take it out. That's what a deferred annuity does. So Daniel had this deferred annuity that was worth $239,000. The problem is his cost basis was an even $100,000. So that means he put $100,000 into this annuity years ago. It has grown tax deferred to this point to $239,000. So if he uses that annuity, he goes and takes that out and uses that money, he's got to pay income tax on his current tax rate on the first $139,000 that he took out. It's what they call um, last in, first out, meaning you're paying tax. When you go to take money out, they're going to assume that it's the interest that you gained over all those years is coming out first. And so you have to claim that as income and pay tax on it. 
So that is a problem right there, right? It's like you, 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 he's got to pay tax at his income tax rates for the first 139000 So that's how those work. Now, what we ended up doing, I said, look, Daniel, we can take that deferred annuity in a lump sum and we can move that money over into a long-term care plan through what we call a 1035 exchange. And that is a tax-free move, meaning that we're going to take that $239,000 out of one pocket, out of the annuity. We're going to reposition that with the insurance company. And now you're going to have long-term care insurance, and you don't have to claim or pay tax on any of that money that's in that annuity. You were just taking the 239 and depositing with the insurance company. So he can basically move all that out and pull it out. And last week, I was telling you about a claim that we pulled on on a Christmas special for some clients that they couldn't even get any leverage, but they moved an annuity over because they could pull all the gain out tax-free. That's because of the Pension Protection Act. If we move that 239 into a long-term care plan, now all that money comes out tax-free, including the gain that Daniel has on the policy. But here's the catch for it. Because of their health, what we could do for them is we could take that $239,000 and basically triple the value of it for long-term care. So for every dollar you put into one of these asset-based savings plans, you're going to get $3 today of long-term care insurance. So Daniel was looking at this, and he was very intrigued, to say the least. I mean, he was, he was, he was uh, you know, again, a conservative investor. He liked the idea of insurance. He said, I've got this annuity. And I said, look, you have long-term care insurance right now. All you have to do is we're going to take this out of this, this annuity, we're going to put a bunch of new different features on it, and we're going to take it out of one pocket, and we're going to stick it right back in the other pocket. You guys will have no bank payments, you'll have no bills, but you're going to have instant long-term care insurance. And so that's what we did. We took that $239,000, we moved it over to the insurance company through a process called the 1035 exchange. That tripled their money right out of the gate. So immediately they had $717,000 of long-term care insurance, that's how much bucket was in their bucket now. They could each pull out $8,000 a month until it was gone. Now, here's the thing. The benefit's going to continue to grow for them because based on their age, 65 and 60, what they do on these joint plans is they kind of use an average age. And they're going <clears> to, <throat> the way these savings-based plans work is the money, that 239 is still earning interest. The current rate on it right now is 3%. So it is earning 3% interest. And so the very first year, that $239,000 is going to earn $7,118. That's how much interest they're going to be credited on that 239. So at the end of the first year, instead of 200 or 717,000, they'll have $726,000 in their bucket, and their long-term care benefit will be $8,096 a month per person. Now, out of that 3, 000, that 7,000 they earned, what happened is the insurance charged them two or 3,236. And again, don't get hooked up on these numbers. Just remember. A little bit less than half is what the cost of the insurance is. That's inside the contract. That's a tax-free event as well, too. Prior to the Pension Protection Act, they would have had to claim that $3,000 that was being pulled out to pay for insurance, claim that as income. So not on these savings-based plans anymore. So what happens is year after year, if interest rates just stay the same right now, they stay at 3% on this, on this contract, if we go out 20 years, they are going to still be earning... 3% a year, 20 years, assuming the interest rates don't go up or they don't go down, they are going to have a total of $989,000 of long-term care insurance that they can each pull out $10,996 until it's gone. And guess what? If they don't use their long-term care insurance, they have $329,000 of cash value. That's the contractual value of the policy in based on the current interest rate market. Now, we're hoping rates start ticking up. That would be good because that would make this benefit even better because the cost of the insurance doesn't change. That's locked in based on your age. But as interest rates, if the, if the Federal Reserve starts increasing rates, they would start seeing an increase in the value of this. So think of what they did here. I mean, they just tripled their money. And that's where these savings-based plans for younger people, if you're under 65, you're going to see growth on your policy. If you're 75, and let's say that you're, you, you put 100000 in and it turns into 300000 you're earning 3% or $3,000 a year. The cost of the insurance might be $3,500 based on your age, but you don't lose any of your principal that you put in. That 100000 stays the same. So in that situation, older people are just simply trading interest for insurance. But for younger people like Daniel and Meredith, they're actually earning some interest and 
they're getting insurance. They're getting $3 for every dollar of interest they earn. They get $3 of tax-free long-term care. And if they even have access to this policy, folks, so down the road, you know, if you, the first 10 years, you can take 10% of the value of that policy out without any penalty at all. And so there's still some liquidity there. And so Again, these plans, they are so simple. If you are self-insuring, which you are if you don't have long-term care insurance, you have to look at what's the first bucket of money that you are going to use to pay for a claim. Well, if you have a deferred annuity, folks, you would pay tax on that. If you move it over to a plan like this and you're healthy enough, you can get three times the leverage, meaning $3 for every dollar that's in your annuity, and all of that value gets to come out tax-free. So I'm going to come up for air. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, let's wrap up with some, we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the other advantages of having a long-term care plan. We'll be right back. New asset-based programs protect your savings and your family and even pay you back if you never use them. Make sure your care is funded and managed in a time of need. Learn more and sign up for one of Brian's free live webinar classes at 525longtermcare.com. Certified long-term care planning specialist and long-term care radio host, Brian Ott of 525 Advisors, is now Colorado's long-term care coverage expert. Having a long-term care plan brings certainty to a very uncertain situation. It also allows you to stay in control of your care options. And maybe most importantly, it brings peace of mind to your family during an extremely stressful situation. A smart and informative way to get educated about long-term care and have your questions answered is to join Brian Ott for one of his upcoming live webinars. Brian explains how long-term care works, what the coverage pays for, all the new options, and different ways to fund a plan. They even have plans with lifetime benefits that pay you back if you never use it. Go read the reviews. People love working with 525 Advisors. So sign up now for one of Brian's next live webinars. They're free to attend. Go to 525longtermcare.com. You can also download and subscribe to the Long-Term Care Radio Podcasts at 525longtermcare.com. Do you know that 7 out of 10 people past the age of 65 need at some point some sort of long-term care? That's 70%. Now, many of us think it could never happen to us or somebody else is going to be there to take care of us. But the facts are clear. Most of us will need to pay for help in the future. And not only is that help expensive, but it puts a burden on family members as well. If you've never looked at long-term care insurance because you didn't know where to start, start today with 525 Advisors. Recent changes to the Pension Protection Act have made new programs more advantageous than ever. How would you like to get your premiums back if you never use your long-term care insurance? Well, you can. How would you like to leverage some of your savings for increased coverage using tax-free dollars? Now you can. 525 Advisors are the local long-term care experts. Protect yourself and your family members from the high cost of extended health care. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Sign up for the next free long-term care live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Staying in control of your care options is a better alternative than letting the government decide for you. Welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. And welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio on the first day of 2022. Anyway, that's when this radio program is going to air. And talking about the radio um, you just heard some ads. We have a couple classes coming up in January, so look on that on our calendar um, or on our website at 525longtermcare.com. It's going to be Saturday the 15th and then Thursday the 20th of January. And the, the, the webinars run about an hour. We, we get through the material in about 40 to 45 minutes, and then we generally stick around and answer questions. So it's just a real good way for you to get the basics and learn a little bit about your options and, and some of the things that we talk about here on the radio program. So again, 525longtermcare.com. If you'd like to sign up for one of those classes, those are going to be up and on the website and just real easy to do. Sign up, put your email in. We're going to email you a link. We're not going to spam you. We're not going to chase you down. You just get a link and then you click on it and you can join us and and watch the the webinar live. Now, um, we're going to have some changes coming up next year in Colorado for the listeners out there. We are moving around. We've been kind of bouncing around due to football season on our scheduling, but we are setting our schedule now after the first of the year and starting on the 15th of January, we're going to be on KOA at 7 a.m. So that's going to be 7 a.m. on Saturdays on KOA. And then on KHOW, K-H-O-W, we're going to remain at one o'clock in the afternoon on Saturdays. So you'll be able to catch us there. 
And then we're headed back up to KCOL in Fort Collins, Loveland area. We will be up there Saturdays at 10 a.m. after the um, should be right now, actually, for for those of you that are, are tuned in the, the 1st of January. So KHOW at 1 o'clock, a KCOL at 10 a.m., and then KOA starting on the 15th. We will have a regular schedule from 7 to 8 a.m. for the early birds, the early risers, which is um, where we really started out um, in the Seattle market at 7 a.m. So I love, love that hour. So that will be our new hour on the radio. And then, of course, those of you that are, are listening on the podcast will always continue to have those podcasts up. And if you missed part of the show, you can always go back. Just go to our website at 525longtermcare.com. Click on the radio tab and you can get our podcast there. You can even get them through iTunes or or have your smart speaker play them as well, too. So we started out the show talking about some of the changes that happened in 2021, just what was going on. We're continuing to see pressure on pricing for long-term care. And folks, I will just tell you, this is probably one of the biggest things you have to understand about insurance in general is that the, the older we get, the more expensive the insurance gets for life insurance and for long-term care. So the, the, our age is what's going to determine the pricing. So there's no advantage to waiting in most cases. And then the other factor you got to keep in mind is your health. It's your health, which is what allows you to qualify for long-term care insurance. So you can have all the money in the world to pay the premiums, but if your health is already compromised, you're not going to get somebody to pay uh, or put a plan in place for you. And I get a call a month on that. You know, I just had one not too long ago whose gentleman's wife was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and he was said, well, it's time for me to get a long-term care plan for her now. I was like, you know, it doesn't work that way. You don't call the insurance company and, you know, when your house is on fire and say, yeah, it's time for me to get homeowner's insurance because my, my, my stove's on fire in the kitchen. So you have to think about that. And, I, I, you know, I'm not being facetious. There's really people out there that think that's the way the system works. And, I mean, this gentleman was like, well, now that we need it, they're not going to give it to me. I'm like, well, that's the way all insurance works. You don't call the insurance company after you wrecked your car and say, I need insurance now because I wrecked my car. So anyway, it's it's like you, you can't make this stuff up. But your health is really what allows you to get a plan. And I want to just spend a little time. I think one of the biggest misconceptions out there about long-term care planning that I run into over all these years is that it's simply a money issue, meaning that if you have enough money to pay for care, you don't need to worry about having a plan in place. This is a common belief for just about everyone, except for those who are living through an extended care situation or have watched a loved one go through it. Those are the people, those are our best clients because they've seen firsthand what happens. My experience over the years has taught me that the value of having a plan is multifaceted. But it's not simply about the money. And, and, and let me explain that. Yes, long-term care insurance greatly helps protect your nest egg by providing that dedicated tax-free source of income to pay for care. I get that. That's a great part. And it has saved many estates from that ongoing high cost of an extended health care situation. All of that is good. But the money itself does not solve the problem. If you missed last week's client of the week on our Christmas show, go back and listen to that podcast. I was telling you about a story that went over what happened to a client in COVID and how complex that the, the decision got. And the takeaway sh- from that should have been, you know, that it's that team of professionals where the value is, the travel guys, the people that speak the language and understand how to get you the help in a time of crisis. And that's what people miss. And when I say people, I mean financial advisors miss this, CPAs, attorneys, even healthcare professionals don't understand this. I was talking to a doctor the other day and he had no clue how long-term care insurance worked. And I said, well, you know, you're the one that writes the plan of care for your clients. He's like, yeah, I should probably learn more about this. You know, but they don't understand how complicated these situations can get, you know, very quickly. And again, you know, when I was 10, growing up down there in the San Luis Valley and it was January and it was freezing cold and our house caught on fire. It caught on fire in the stairwell and it burned the top part of the house off. Okay, when the dust settled, the insurance company did not show up and drop a sack of money off on my parents' step and say, there's your money, you're good to go. No, that would have been a mess. It would have been a disaster. You know, we needed a place to live. We needed a contractor. We needed somebody to figure out how to get rid of the burnt structure. We needed the permits. We needed to make sure somebody was building our house to code. We needed to make sure somebody was getting the house done in a timely manner so we could get back into that house and get on with our lives. And that's what the insurance company offered. That's what they did. They came in. We didn't worry about that. We found a place to stay. My dad got up and went to work the next day. My brother and I got up and we went to school. We went on with our lives. And the insurance company helped my mom and my dad 
work through the situation. I mean, I think the biggest thing that I had to worry about as a 10-year-old, I mean, I lost my bowling trophy. I lost my peewee football trophy. You know, all my clothes were gone. But, you know, the good thing was I got a check to go buy some new stuff, and I got to pick carpet out from a bedroom that I didn't have before the fire. Folks, that's what long-term care insurance does as well, too. I'm, I'm trying to use that analogy because when you run into these difficult situations, Who's going to be making those calls? It's usually someone you care about, your kids, your family members. They're trying to figure out, how do I get care for dad? Is this the right care that I get? Is this a good agency? Is there a better place out there? What do we need to do? What happens when his health changes? What do we need to look out into? Because what's going to happen versus these caregivers that have been there? It's not their first rodeo, so to speak, right? They know you need to prepare for this. This is going to happen. We need to do this. Medicare is responsible for paying for this. You can use your benefits here to do this. So that is really my experience of why my clients are so happy about having a plan. It's not about the money. You can have all the money in the world. And again, most of my clients, without question, could self-insure a long-term care event. They have enough money to pay for it. They're not going to go broke. The reason why they have these plans is because of all the other benefits. It's the most efficient way to pay for care. You get guaranteed leverage. You've got a guaranteed source of money. But more importantly, you have a team of professionals behind you that's going to help you and your family guide you through that care situation and make the last years of your life the best years versus the worst years. So anyway, you burn another hour with us. Thanks so much. Happy New Year to everybody. Sign up for one of our classes. They're up and running on our website at 525longtermcare.com. We'll be back next week with another show. Thanks so much. You've been listening to Long-Term Care Radio with certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott. You can download and subscribe to the podcast at 525longtermcare.com and learn about all the long-term care planning options available. If you have questions for Brian or would like information about any of his upcoming long-term care webinars, go to 525longtermcare.com. Be sure to join us next weekend for another edition of Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. For information, show schedules, and podcasts, go to 525longtermcare.com.